Today, we are continuing in the series, The Servant, called The Servant. And this will be part four of The Servant. Today's message is going to jump off from where I left off last week. Okay, so, <clears throat> please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, to be a servant in the kingdom of God, there must be a conscious realization which comes by understanding our relationship to God through Jesus Christ. When I talk about a conscious realization, there are things that you should just know. You cannot be half-hearted about certain things. You have got to know this. Right? So there must be a conscious realization, but it comes by understanding your relationship. When you understand the relationship, the understanding is clear. And hopefully, uh, this message today will help us bring us closer to that realization. Alright, here we go. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's start at verse 12. I'm going to jump around a little bit here. I will not be, I'm not going out of context because there's a context in which these scriptures were written. But I'm going to take certain points from these scriptures and morph it into what it means to be a servant. It's not taking it out of context. It's taking the scriptures and applying it from a different angle. Because the bottom line of what is written in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 reflects on the heart of a servant. Anyway, but I want to make a few points. Alright, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12. Let's start there. Follow with me please. Now this is the Apostle Paul, his, his writings to the church in Corinth. And he said, all things are lawful for me. But all things are not helpful or profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Verse 13. Actually, I'm focusing on the second part. But let's just read verse 13. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. Let's jump to verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have from God and you are not your own. Verse 20, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, 
Paul was a servant in the kingdom of heaven. He was doing the will of Christ on earth. He was doing the will of the Father. Remember when Jesus prayed, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Paul was doing God's will on earth. <laughs> he said, all things are lawful for, for me. As a servant, all things are lawful for us. He said, I can do whatever because I am free in Christ. However, he said, not everything is profitable. Not everything is helpful. And I'm going to qualify that. In other words, we have freedom in Christ, but should not be involved in anything that will bring us under bondage. Anything that will prevent us from glorifying God through our lives, some things are just not helpful to us in fulfilling our purpose. When you understand that, when you understand that, you know by the Spirit. That's why it says, touch not the unclean thing. When you know, I, you know you have liberty, but you, you are led by the Spirit knowing that some of the things that you might want to do or people are trying to get you involved in doesn't help you. It not, it might not be sinful or it could be sinful, but whatever it is, it negates or inhibits or retards you fulfilling your purpose on this earth. Paul said, I, every, anything, he said, it's lawful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. A servant's body is for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Let's go to verse 13. Well, let, let me go back to verse 12. He said, not all things are helpful, helpful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. If you, you meditate on that. When you understand your liberty in Christ, when you understand who you are in Christ, you, you walk in the Spirit, you also walk in the Word. Because the Word, as you study the Word, it becomes part of you. And the Spirit can reveal that Word to you in situations in your life. And you are, you obey as the Spirit reveals to you. But you know, when you understand this, you will know what is true and what is false, what is beneficial and what is not beneficial. And even though you have freedom in Christ, you know what to choose what is good. Because you know the other thing is not helpful. It's not going to benefit and can bring you under bondage. So as a servant, these are the things we have to understand. This is what it refers to as walking in the light. Walking by faith. Now in verse 13, Paul said, and I'm going to shift it a bit. He said, now the body is not for sexual immorality. But for the Lord, I'm going to leave that out. I'm going to say the body is for the Lord. The body 
is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. I'm not taking it out of context. Okay? I am just saying it in the opposite. He said the body is not for. But it's for this. So I'm saying the body is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. That's what he's saying. Alright? Our body is for the Lord and the Lord is for our body. And I'll qualify that. Paul, well, not qualify. I'm going to go into more depth as Paul, we, can, we go through the verses. Verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Or don't you know that your body is a member of Christ? Our body, our physical body, belongs to Christ, is a member of Christ. When we talk about the body of Christ, and I said we are the body of Christ, the called out ones are a people. And they are members of the body. Why? The body is a collective being, a collective organism for a habitation of God and the Spirit. That's what the body is. We are living stones. That's what the Bible refers to us as. Human beings walking this earth who comprise the body of Christ. So we are members of Christ. That's what Paul is saying here. Our body, he said here, <clears throat> do you know that your bodies are members of Christ? So we are all members of Christ. Verse 17. He said, who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When you are a member of Christ, you're part of the body of Christ. The only way you became a member is through the Holy Spirit. And he said, if you are joined to the Lord, you're joined to the Lord in one spirit. How? Because you were born into the kingdom, you were born into him by the spirit. So the only way you stay plugged in or part of him is by the Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? So he's saying, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So we are not only one spirit with him, we are one spirit with each other. We are one. Why? Because the same spirit that birthed us into Christ, each and every one, is the same spirit that's in Him. And we are one with each other. It's the same Spirit that has us collectively birthed in this body. Christ. Now, remember I said previously, God's will is done on earth through people. So Paul is saying here, the body is for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And that we are members of Christ. We are one spirit. We are joined to the Lord in, in one spirit. And I said, the only way God's will is done on earth is through people who belong to him. Like Paul. People like Paul. Like Jesus. Like the apostles from before. Those who have come and died in the Lord. And those who are still alive today. Even us on this line. We are part of this body, but God's will is only begun, will be done through us on the earth. God's will is done on earth through us, people. 
Let me just re rephrase that. Now, since we are saved by faith in Christ, we are in Him. We are part of Him. We are members of His body. We are members of Christ. And since we are joined with Christ, we are one spirit with Him. He is in us and we are in Him. And Paul goes on to explain it in verse 19. He says here, Do you not know or don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Our earthly temple is a habitation of God in the Spirit. God is in us by His Spirit. That's what he said here. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? We didn't get it by ourselves. We, it was given to us by faith. When we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came in. We invited Him in. And when, you, when Mary, when the angel appeared to Mary and gave Mary, told Mary what was going to happen. Nothing happened until Mary said, Be it unto me according to your word. Then the whole, she invited the Holy Spirit to execute what was spoken about her. When we say yes to Jesus, we invite the Holy Spirit to come in and he starts a work in us. Then we become a habitation for God. Our body is the earthly temple that the Spirit of God resides in. Not in a building. Not in a church building. Wherever we go, we take that presence with us. We take the Spirit with us. Wherever we go. The value is not in the building. The value is in us. The earthly temples. The living stones. That's where the value is. So never say you are nothing. Never say God doesn't love you. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die so that you can be reconciled. Become his son. And he also has his own spirit abiding in you. That's how precious you are. So never look down on yourself. Never say anything different than what God says about you. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's a down payment for what's to come. So he said here, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? God is in us by his spirit. As, and as a servant, we ought to know that. And not waver. Oh, I don't feel anything. I don't feel the spirit. I don't, no, don't go by your feeling. Go by what the, what does the word says? Paul just said it. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Go by what the Word of God says. Don't go by your feelings. So we receive. It says here, whom you have received from God, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. We are bought, purchased at a price. He says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So if you go back to Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Please turn back to Mark chapter 10, verse 45 for, for a quick minute. I want to read that, and then I'm going to come back. So Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus said, 
For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And that's where I'm going to pinpoint. He came to give his life a ransom for many. That word, when it says in verse 20, in, in 1 Corinthians 6, it says we were bought at a price. That word ransom from, from verse 45 in Mark, in chapter 10, that word ransom means a sum of money or payment demanded or paid for the release of a prisoner. So Jesus gave his life as a ransom. What? That ransom, his life, was what was demanded to pay to release fallen man from his sin, prison sin. His, his, his prison of sin. That was, the, that was the price. So the payment Jesus gave to release us from the bondage of sin was his blood. That was the demanded price for our release from prison. For, for our death sentence to be commuted. We are his purchased possession. We belong to him. We are not our own. That's what Paul is saying here. You are not your own. You have been bought at a price. You have been, we have been bought at a price. And the price tag for our release from the bondage of sin or, or prison was his blood. It wasn't free. He did it willingly because that is, that is what was required to rescue fallen man. We could not save ourselves. You have heard me say this so many times. And I hope you understand. We could not save it ourselves. You can't do enough good to save yourself. You do good because you are saved. Not to be saved. We, we can't save ourselves. We couldn't do it. And God had compassion on us. Showed us mercy. Sent his own lamb to pay. The ransom for our release. Because we couldn't pay it. We were imprisoned in sin. Spiritually, spiritually blind. And held captive by the powers of the darkness to do their will. That's why the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the ransom ahead of time. To set us free from this prison of sin. So that we don't have, we couldn't pay it. We couldn't pay it. So that's why the ransom, he paid the note. So that we can be free. So a servant understands that expression of love. And because of this, he glorifies God in his body and spirit. He or she. Because they understand that they no longer are their own. They belong to God. They belong to God. Their temple is God. The spirit in them, this gives them new life, is God. They can't lay claim to anything. Why? Because the glory is all God. Everything we are now is because of him. We can't, can't take credit for anything. We can't take credit for anything. That's why we have to say, Lord, I just thank you. Every day I wake up. I say, Lord, I thank you. 
<clears throat> Every trial I go through, I say, Lord, I thank you. Why? Because he has given me his spirit. And because of that, great is he, I can say, great is he that is in me, that he that is in this world. I am more than a conqueror through him that love you. Why? Because I understand what he has invested in me, what he has done for me. I don't belong to myself. I've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. So as a servant, we got to know that. That's got to be settled in our heart. We can't be wavering about that. You've got to know this. When I talk about a conscious realization, understanding of what it means to be a servant. So that servant understands that, that expression of love. And they glorify God in their body and their spirit. Why? Because they want to please Him. We want we obey Him. We want to do His will. That's why you say, Father, Father. When Jesus prayed that prayer, and He said, Father, Abba, Father. Jesus never prayed to the fa- to the, His Father and said, God. He said, Father. Why? Because of His heart, His love, His understanding of who He is and His relationship to the Father. He wants to do the Father's will. He said, Father, I'm yours. I'm here to do your will, O God. And he said, Father, because of the, the love, the love he has for the Father and the love he knows the Father has for him. You can't but help. It says the spirit of the Son in us crying, Father, Father. A servant understands that they have been bought with a price. I am the property of another. And I serve him out of love for what he has done for me. I have been set free, but I choose to serve him. Do you understand that? I have been set free from the bondage of sin and I choose to serve him because if I don't, I will go right back into bondage. So we have a choice to make. Every day we wake up, we have to choose who we're going to serve. You know, I hope people think about that. You know, sometimes we are on automatic and we don't think about these things. But every day we wake up, wake up, we make a choice of who we're going to serve. Who are we going to let, let our body, whom we're going to allow to use our body to do whatever we do. What we say, what we do, what we think. We choose every day. That's why it says your body is for the Lord and the Lord for your body. And every day we got to choose. That's the freedom we have in Christ. God, it's not, God doesn't force us to serve him. We have to choose it. I mean, look at the amazing love of God. He saves us and He doesn't hold us captive. He saves us and allows us to choose. Oh my God. When we, when we are presented with the gospel, we have to choose. And when we receive Christ, we still have to choose how we're going to live. If we're going to obey Him or not. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's the love of God. That this is a love that's it's freeing. 
Now I hope you all I hope you all are getting this. So a servant understands that we have been bought, we understand we've been bought with a price. I'm the property of another. I serve him out of love for what he did for me. And I've been set free and I choose every day to serve him. I am redeemed to God through the precious blood of Christ. And let me let me define that word redeemed. The word redeemed is defined as gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. Right? Redeem. You go, you get a coupon in the newspaper from whomever. You get coupons, if you've used coupons. You take the coupon in and you redeem it for something. You give it in exchange for something. You gain something because of this coupon. Right? This redemption to God is because where we were not saved, because man has fallen from grace, separated from God in his conscience. Christ paid the ransom, the demanded price, so that we can now be brought into standing with God. Okay? That's the price. To bring us back. Remember it says regain possession? Regain our standing with God. Because when Adam was created, before he fell, he walked with God. He had fellowship with God. But when he gave into sin, he lost that. So now the ransom was paid so that we can be redeemed. So that we can regain our standing with God. Regain His presence in our life. Do you understand that? And the payment was Christ, the blood of Christ. So as I said, to be in right standing with God. Or I can declare, we are declared righteous in the presence of God in exchange for what Jesus did. Don't ever take it for granted. Understand. A servant understands what is it has been invested in them. So that the will of God can be done on earth through them. And devotes their life to pleasing him. You know, in Psalm 40, verse 8, the scripture states, I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart, or your word. Hear that? I desire to do your will, O God, O my God. Your word is in my heart. The only way we can do his will is if we know his word. For his, the word to be in my, is, to be in my heart, it doesn't happen by magic. I've got to read, meditate, so that that word is taken in, and the spirit gives me understanding. So he said, when the word is in my heart, and it's given, I've given understanding, he said, Lord, my desire is to do your will. And that way, you glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Why? Because your de I desire to do your will. 
So if I am doing your will, I am glorifying you, God, in my body, in my spirit. Why? Because I'm using my body and my spirit to do the will of God. I am not doing opposite. I'm not using my body and my spirit, my mind, my soul for sin, but for, for the glory of God, to do God's will. So the heart of a servant says, Lord, I desire to do your will. Understanding that their body and their spirit belongs to God. Do you understand that? A servant understands that they belong to God. Everything. That's why when we pray, Lord, everything I am, everything I hope to be, is because of you. Why? Because my body, my spirit, my mind, my soul, everything is yours. <laughs> this is a cry of the heart of a servant who loves the Lord and want to please him. I desire to do your will. When Jesus said, Oh my God, these words always burn. Have they, they've been seared in my heart, my mind, in everything. He said, my meat, my purpose for being here is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I desire to do your will, O oh God. He said, my purpose for being here. Is to do the will of the Father. He sent me to accomplish something. And that is what I am going to do until it's completed. And that is the heart, the true heart of a servant. 